Welcome, everyone, to the next episode of Culture Bites, a production of the Utah Cultural Alliance Foundation. I'm excited to introduce our special guest today, Della Lowe. Della is the PR and Marketing Director for Doc Utah, the International Documentary Film Festival at Dixie State University, and is here to talk about various aspects of her work down in St. George, Utah. Della, thank you so very much for joining us. Oh, thanks, Ernesto. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Now, before we get started, we, of course, uh, would like to again thank Spencer Stokes and Stokes Strategies for allowing us to uh, utilize their podcast studio when we are able to, and Connor Sorensen, our wonderful podcast engineer, for his time and efforts in helping us make these recordings. I would also like to recognize our various sponsors that make these podcasts possible, which include the Sam and Diane Stewart Foundation, the GoEd through Shop in Utah Grant, Visit Salt Lake, Utah Division of Arts and Museums, the Utah Department of Heritage and Arts, Zoo Arts and Parks, Union Pacific, Zions Bank, Artworks for Kids, the George S. and Dolores Dore Eccles Foundation, Lawrence T. and Janet T. D. Foundation, Adobe, Beasley Foundation, Orem Care, Salt Lake City Arts Council, Utah Humanities, Downtown Salt Lake City Alliance, NowPlayingUtah.com, and our various 100 club members and UTA members. So, Della, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how the arts and humanities have impacted your life specifically? Sure. Well, I'm from New York, New York City originally. And, of course, you know, you're surrounded all the time in New York by some of the finest art and artists in the world and all disciplines, music, painting, stage performance. And I was very fortunate that my parents constantly took us to those things and also took us to art lessons in the summer at the Brooklyn Museum, which is a fabulous museum that a lot of people don't even know about. It has one of the greatest collections of Egyptian art in the world, right in a little corner of Brooklyn, New York. So I've always been interested in that, and I did work uh, originally as an archaeologist, which is basically a form of art, and then worked in several of uh, places in the arts in New York. I was with Hammer Galleries for about three years, and I spent a few years at Sotheby's as a cataloger of different types of art, um, the last one being 18th century porcelain. So it's always been extremely important to me, and I know that we're focusing a great deal now in this country on STEM education, but I would like to remind people that almost every scientist and almost every doctor also either plays a musical instrument or paints or does something with the arts and they really are necessary for that part of our brain. Thank you so very much for that. Yes, we are a uh, uh, staunch advocate of STEAM rather than STEM. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Della. Um, on your website, you state that Doc Utah International Documentary Film Festival gives attendees a global experience, bringing quality films and filmmakers from all over the world, which provide creative, cultural, and educational engagement. Could you elaborate a little bit on what this means for Doc Utah and how it influences your programming? Sure. So we make a point of doing outreach, and all the films that we get have to be screened through Film Freeway. We don't do any uh, hard drives anymore. We just take the screening copies through Film Freeway, which is a digital platform, which is uh, international. 
so obviously we, while we picked the 65 or this year 67 best films that we find, they are contributed from all over the world. So this year, uh, as you mentioned, uh, you know, we have we have 67 films from 15 countries. Last year, we had 65 films from 30 countries. So we always have a very broad spectrum of films because the filmmakers are able to easily submit to, to our festival. And we feel that it's very important because it is important to us to understand not only our own culture, which in the United States is really not one culture, but everyone's culture, because it allows you to understand that the human condition is really pretty much the same all over the world. We have different challenges at times, certainly where there are wars or famines, but we all have the same hopes and dreams and want to take care of our family, want to have a kindness extended in the world. And I, right now, I can't think of a time that we need kindness extended in the world more. So it's been very important to us to show all different kinds of beliefs as well. There is no censorship at all in Doc Utah. We obviously do not take films that are hate films or pure propaganda films. We would not do that. But we realize that people have different ways of approaching life and we do not censor anything. We do put codes on sometimes for, you know, language, war, violence, sexual situations, but we do not, we do not censor the films. That's fantastic to hear. It, uh, it sounds like a, a truly amazing experience of, of what you, what you can get at the, the International Film Festival. I'm excited for that. As your website mentions, uh, a global experience, uh, is there anything that Maybe you can tell us about what Doc Utah does to showcase films from uh, especially diverse backgrounds and cultures, uh, particularly those of the Black, Indigenous, and People of Color BIPOC community. Sure, and I think that's a really important point, Ernesto, because you know down here in the very, very southern tip of Utah, it's a bit of a homogenous community, although. Obviously, for the festival, we also draw audience from outside the area. But sometimes I think people are surprised by some of the things they learn from our films. So I'll give you a quick example of one that's, that's not uh, international, but we found fascinating. We have two films. One is called Alice Street, and the other is called uh, Prophets, Teachers, and Kings. And those two films happen to be about street artists, one group from Los Angeles, one group from Oakland, California. I know street artists kind of consider, what, are they graffiti artists? Are they really artists? Well, these two groups are really, really fantastic street artists and paint enormous murals. So when the film festival was going to be in November, we had planned a, a simultaneous special event where these artists would come here and paint a gigantic mural during the festival on the St. George Art Museum. Well, obviously the festival was moved from, the 2020 festival was moved from November to March of 2021, but the artists came here anyway. They came here in November and they painted this incredible, 
incredible mural. And it's a mural about hope, but it's nothing like people in St. George have ever seen. It's street art, it's large, it's bold, and it has a beautiful portrait of a young girl looking toward the sky. And people have been driving by that mural in St. George, and they've just never seen anything like it. But you know what? They love it. They absolutely love it. So that is, you know, something that the city of St. George and the nonprofit here, Art Around the Corner, joined with Doc Utah. And so that that will that mural will now survive, but also those artists will come here in March and they will talk to people about their experience and how their art has reflected the the struggles of their communities, but they nevertheless appeal to all communities. It's really fabulous. It was very exciting. So that's one. But we do have, of course, international films that deal with. Um, we have the one called Anvesa, which is about how a young person in, in Ethiopia is seeing his community disappear as modernization takes over and the fields are going away and the small houses are going away. And how do you preserve your culture? We have a Desert Morning, which is about how, perhaps this is my word, the attack on the Escalante Monument and Bears Ears is affecting the people there and affecting the native population's sacred land. So we we really try to bring that out for people. We have any number of films that deal with civil rights. Uh, we have a film about the Evers, which is about the family of Medgar Evers and how they have coped over the years with his murder in 1963 during the civil rights movement. And we have another film which is probably going to cause some controversy. It's called Uncle Tom. And it's about how the conservative black community feels marginalized, don't feel their voices are heard. And so you have some very prominent black conservatives talking about, you know, why they're conservative and how they feel marginalized. So there's, you know, there's a very wide range here. And I think that people will, you know, documentary is not necessarily supposed to make you feel one way or another. I think it's supposed to obviously entertain, but it also is meant to uh, make you think help you understand. And so I, you know, I was a little surprised about that, that film from my own point of view, but I, you know, it's a good film. There's no reason not to have it in the festival. And that's what I meant before when I talked about uh, not censoring things. So I do have a lot of other films I could talk to you about, but I know we only have a certain amount of time here. <laughs> There's so much, Ernesto. So what, Sounds I, great. Yeah, I'm so sorry, but one of the other interesting things that I think you were sort of alluding to in some of your uh, questions that you sent me is what kind of makes it special. And what makes this festival special is, number one, the intimacy of it. We, Our filmmakers come, they stay for a minimum of two days, sometimes longer. 
they mingle with the, the attendees. They're not just shuttled through where they are in big festivals, but also we combine these with special events uh, that fit into the, the music uh, or the film. And the, the mural project was one of them, but we also have a film called American Tap. And as we know, uh, tap dancing comes out of a really old African tradition, comes from the Congo Square. And we are actually bringing some of the very finest tap dancers who are in the film to St. George, and they will perform as well. They will perform live for our audience. We do this kind of thing all the time, and it's, it's unusual. That's, that's fascinating to hear. Thank you for that. And uh, thank you for that insight. It sounds like it will be a, a wonderfully representative uh, festival this year. And I'm, I'm excited to see what, what's available. So as part of uh, Dixie State University, uh, could you tell our listeners perhaps a little bit about the significance of having an international film festival right on the student's doorstep? What does it mean for them? What does it mean for your organization? Sure. It is unusual. We are only one of a handful of festivals that is directly affiliated with the university. And that makes it uh, a wonderful experience for students. We have a film program. So students are being taught by people from the industry. They're not being taught book learning. They are actually learning to make films. And the students make a feature film every year, which opens the festival. It is a unique experience for a college student to have that. This year's opening film is called Into the Fire, A Utah Boy's Life in the Blues, which also is a wonderful film that's about a, a Utah musician who, as a young man, became fascinated by the blues. It's not something you hear very often in Utah. And he became fascinated. He became a blues musician. He has traveled all over the world. He's been in Nashville with. And one of the things that I love about that film is, yes, it's about music, but it's about how music is also a universal language. And there are no barriers once people are all playing on the same stage. And so that's the opening film. So the students get to work with professionals and the students who are not film students can come and see films that perhaps enhance their understanding even of their own discipline. There are students who would be studying medical things or psychology, and we have films that talk about people struggling with Alzheimer's or struggling with traumatic brain injury and how they've overcome those things. Students, all students, all students, not just 60 students, can come for free to the festival. As long as there is room in the theater, they can come into a film. So that's, that is a fabulous opportunity. I wish I had it when I was a student and having to pay $12 to go to, to films in New York City. But nevertheless, it really makes a difference. And, you know, it, it's part of the, you know, active learning, active life that Dixie State uh, promotes. The hands-on learning and using that learning within the community. So that's a really important part of their education for all students, not just film students. Well, that's great to hear. I, I know that myself, I wish that I had that uh, opportunity when I was a student as well. <laughs> I'll bet. I'll bet. Uh, 
but uh, it, it sounds like a fantastic program that uh, both the festival and uh, the university are able to put together for, for students here in Utah. So that's, that's wonderful. Thank you. So uh, as you had mentioned, unfortunately, the festival had to be postponed from November uh, to March 1st through 6th of next year. Um, however, now that you're uh, looking to gear up and getting ready for this next festival, what can you tell our listeners about some of the exciting films that are coming to the festival this year? What should they put on their radar? Well, of course, I mentioned American Cap. Uh, I don't always get to screen all the films because we get hundreds and hundreds of submissions, but American Cap is an incredible movie that you just get riveted by the the music and the dancing, but also by the story. And there are there's some really odd things, too. I mean, we do have a, a free film every year for the community, and that one is called the, uh, Merely Marvelous, the story of Gwen Verdon. And she was also a fabulous dancer. I do tend towards the movies that have stories about music in them. But I think that would be really something that people wouldn't would enjoy. Other than that, we have we have some very, very important films that have to do with veterans. And, of course, we always get a very good turnout for that because there are so many veterans in this area. You know, even those who didn't originally come from here tend to retire to the American Southwest. And there are important films about how veterans have overcome their own problems and sometimes overcome them in a way by helping other people even going to other countries to help people overcome uh, tragedy and trauma. And I always think that's very important. Um, one of the things that, that I found fascinating, not everybody does, we, we have a film about a group of Polish ex-convicts, and they've decided to straighten out their lives. And the way they've done it is to have a gigantic painting it's like I don't know 30 feet tall or something of Jesus that they are going to deliver to the Vatican and they put this huge painting on this wagon that they pull by themselves manpower and they go through Poland and then they go through all these and then they take a ferry over to Italy and they do get this thing to the Vatican and you know their human interaction and their failings and how they fall back on their bad habits and then come forward. It's really very inspirational. I happen to be a Catholic. So it was very inspirational, though, that they were just going to do this and all the people they meet along the way. And I think that's kind of a documentary in and of itself, all the people they meet along the way. So as I say, we have all these special events. Also, it's, it's very exciting. Well, uh, those many films and, and what's going to be available sound very exciting. Are there any uh, last ways that you could uh, tell our listeners about how to get involved with Doc Utah, ways to reach out, get connected? Absolutely, absolutely. We, uh, we always look for volunteers during the festival. Now, next year, because we had to move the festival, guess what? We have two festivals. We're going to have our regular festival in November, which means I have to promote two festivals next year. But we, we will need volunteers at the festival. 
of course, people can always join the mailing list because as soon as we can, we're going to resume our monthly screenings also. We do a monthly screening the last Friday of every month. And as soon as, you know, the theaters are reopening again, we will be doing that. So the other way that people can get involved, not really with the March festival, other than volunteering, is that we are the only festival that creates community teams to screen films. The community teams put together their own group of people. It can be three, it can be five, it can be ten. We have someone who who teaches them how to do this. And they screen the films that come in through Film Freeway. And they, they rank them. They rate them through a, a sheet that has different criteria on it. And we are the only festival that does that. And people, because we do all of this electronically, people don't have to live in St. George in order to do this. We did have a team in Mesquite. We had a team up in uh, in uh, Salt Lake this year. Uh, we even had a team of doctors from the hospital who got together and wanted to do that. So by around January, I will be making an announcement about how to volunteer to do that. And uh, the information will be on the website, as I say, for the March Festival. Obviously, those teams already, and a lot of them weren't able to do it because of the pandemic. But, but uh, their opinions carry a very heavy weight about is this film good enough to be in Doc Utah? And that's unusual. So they can certainly do that. Um, there are, of course, we are a nonprofit. There are ways to contribute. Uh, through the development office of, of Dixie State University. But those are the main ways to get involved. Wonderful. Well, thank you so very much, Della, for uh, speaking with us today. It's been a pleasure to learn about the many uh, ins and outs of the upcoming festival in March, and that is March 1st through 6th. So be sure to go over to Doc Utah's website to get some more information. Again, Della, thank you very much for your time, and I hope you have a marvelous rest of your day. Thank you very much, Ernesto. It was a pleasure talking to you. Of course. So to our listeners, thank you very much for tuning into our podcast. As a reminder, our cultural sector community updates have returned, and we are moving our weekly culture conversations to a bi-weekly format. Be sure to register for both by going to utahculturalalliance.org forward slash events. And as always, keep a lookout for the next episode of Culture Bites anywhere you get your podcasts, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Until next time, that's a wrap.